Welcome to the Critical Channel, a show about making mistakes, communication, command and conquer. Today, with Italo Viato, Maxim Kravitz, Kiran Patel, and Pedro Carvalho. The topic: authority. Good. Nice. Here we go. Here we yeah. go again. So, as a, have you guys heard of this uh, Google Google Documents thing? Yeah. I don't know if uh, Google Documents. Uh, yeah, it's this new uh, technology that enables you to, you know, like write things and then other people can see them and then you're organized and that's all it takes. And with that, I think that's all we have to say on the podcast because, like, now we've solved all the problems. Yeah, their their like spreadsheet thing replaces good old Excel, on which like every part of technology is based anyway. But now you can have it oh, in your I browser. I haven't used Microsoft Access in like three years <laughs> now, something like that, just because of this Google spreadsheets thing. There you go. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Excel, the original load. Uh, wait, I I I fumbled this one. I meant the original uh, local. Oh, I thought you were going to say the original load balancer, and I was really interested <laughs> as to how that was going to work. <laughs> I mean, th- there is this, there's this I don't even know game how of Pac-Man written in Excel completely. I wonder if you could make like, the whole of column A, like a list of IP addresses, and then just round-robin through that or something. You can. Unfortunately, you, you probably can. could. See... <laughs> I know my scientists didn't stop to wonder whether or not they should, but I really want to now. That might be how Google DNS works. <laughs> that may be how Google works. A bunch of Google Docs <laughs> when someone... It's actually gained sentience and they don't know how to stop it at this point. <laughs> they really want it to stop, but they can't. I hope no future employer ever listens to this. I hope all the future employers listen to this. <laughs> They're going to be like, that, that's genius. Like, that's, you know, ha- that's hashtag low code, no code, whatever the hashtag is, just straight away. Do you, do you guys know Do you guys know how hard it's going to be in, you know, a future job interview? If anyone asks me how load balancing works, how hard it'll be for me not to say, yeah, it's a spreadsheet, bro. Yeah, let, mm-hmm. lean in. After this. Let me tell you a secret. You think you think it's HA proxy. You think there's uh there's some there's some Nginx rules. You think people are people are using Istio, people are going cutting edge, there's stuff that you haven't even heard of yet. No. It's a spreadsheet. Yeah, it's pre- spreadsheets all the way down. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> So happy new year. Anyway. Oh yeah. It is happy new year. Uh, happy new year everyone. Recording happy new of year. 2022 which is going to uh, obviously be much better than 2021 uh, and 2020. Of course. The trend is of course every year is getting worse and we're going to bug that trend. We'll see. And it's uh, <laughs> it's an interesting new year. Delta Cron has entered yeah, it's the chat. An interesting yes. new year when uh, when they run out of Greek letters. That's for <laughs> that yeah. comment is going to age like milk. Um, but it is an interesting new year because uh, 
you know, I'm stepping into a new job and there's uh, something that's on my mind right now, which is my newfound authority that comes with, uh, with the new role, with the new job title, with all the new uh, responsibility. And uh, it's almost like that was a segue uh, into our topic because we don't have a sponsor to segue to. Yeah, it's beautiful as always, our transitions. Spot on. Smooth. <laughs> I try my best. Very smooth. So yeah, the topic of this uh, episode is authority. And uh, this is, you know, this is coming out of a place of, uh, as, you know, as you know, as you guys know, I uh, was reading a book and uh, I never finished it. Um, but it spoke, it said some stuff about authority in it. And uh, yeah, it made me. You didn't have the authority to go through with it. I didn't have the, the I don't know, attention span to go through with it. But, you know, that's, uh, that's my own other issue, I think. Um, so I don't know, like, uh, let's... What was on the book? So the book was uh, very relevant to starting a new role. It is called The First 90 Days, or maybe it's called Your First 90 Days, or it's something about someone's first 90 days that I didn't write down. And it's by a guy whose name I didn't write down. Seems very good. I'm with you. It is. Wait, it's called First 90 Days, comma, the, according to Google. So I was wrong on all accounts. Uh, That's a weird title. And uh, it's by uh, Michael D. Watkins, who I've never heard of. But it is an interesting book because it is all about uh, either transitioning into a new role via promotion or transitioning into a new role because you went and got a new job and uh, how the first quarter of your new job is important. Um, and that is important for me, is important for our Mr. Lelis de Vietro here. Uh, yep. It is uh, the, the reason why we started this podcast was because uh, uh, Mr. Gil de Cavallo here was, uh, was transitioning into a new job back at that time. Um, so uh, I think transitions are an interesting topic. Uh, but um, this, this, uh, this book was saying a lot about, um, I, you know, as you're transitioning into a role at a high level, whether that's through promotion or whatever, the increased authority you get and how you think that that may be a good thing. And, you know, I quite often have these shower thoughts where I'm like, oh, man, if I was the president of the world, then everything would be amazing. Um, and maybe not necessarily so. So I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Love it. Good. So, um, yeah, I, I think you're, you, you, you shared something uh, really cool, uh, which was this quote, uh, like conventional wisdom says, the higher you go, the easier it is to get things done. And that's not necessarily uh, true, paradoxically. So what's your experience been so far with, 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 you know, positions of leadership and, and authority and, and why are we talking about it today? Because, you know, conventional wisdom is very simple. You know, you're promoted, you're the leader, you're the boss, you get things done. Um, so why, why are we talking about it today? Uh, why is that maybe not the case always? I think, um, you know, it's very easy to, as I said, like, look at, if I were the president of the world, then I would do X, Y, Z and everything would be like beautiful. And I think in, in reality, it's, it's far more complex than that. Um, I, you know, I've just started a new role in which I do have the authority to do more stuff than I did previously. Uh, that 
but uh, it's still very early days, so it's difficult to talk about in that context right now. But certainly in the past, you know, um, there's I've worked with uh, a manager before who admitted he was somewhat afraid to say stuff because he would say, oh, uh, we're not moving fast enough. It's okay if things break. Like, don't worry if there's stuff exploding in production. We just want to keep delivering. Uh, and then before you know it, production is completely on fire because that was taken, you know, far too literally, almost to the point of malicious compliance. Um, and then when he tried to backtrack on that, he said, all right, stuff is breaking too much. We need to, uh, we need to try and slow down. We need to test more. We need to make sure that we're delivering stuff with a certain degree of quality. Uh, and, you know, delivery just ground to an absolute halt. So there's the one side of, um, of it where authority may be too absolute rather than, uh, rather than it being a discussion and rather than it being something that you can, um, you can say and like provide a directive, but trust people to do that. Like you're taken too literally and, and too much of face value. And then on the other opposite extreme of that, every startup and their mum these days is a, a flat hierarchy. Uh, air quotes um and what that usually means is just that the guy who's been there longest calls the shots even if he's like completely unqualified to do so so uh i wanted to kind of explore when authority is a good thing when authority is a bad thing um when uh there are times when maybe you don't have the authority and you think the person who is in a position of power is calling the wrong shots and what you can do about that um what what steps you can take uh, and also when you are maybe particularly immediately after a promotion and you're in a position of power and you're still kind of exploring what that means for you, um, where the limits are and where it's, you know, important to exercise that versus where you should hold back and let people kind of thrive and, and possibly make mistakes. And, and that's okay. Cause they're learning. Yeah, I think that's a great intro. Um, we do have two CTOs and a head of engineering on the call, and I think that we all uh, agree that authority is not all that it's uh, you know built up to be. Uh, if only it was, if only were it simple as just saying something, and it would come true. And there's a lot of reasons why that's not the case, and also a lot of reasons why it's maybe good but that's not always the case. Um, but uh, Italo, why don't you say something about this? Because I know that you know as a as as a as a CTO, that's something that you're probably very familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is always a challenge, right? Like when we talk a little bit about authority and when can we use authority, when we should use authority and when we shouldn't. Um, you know, even before, uh, I can take some some experiences from, from our previous job where we all work together. Um, you know, if you remember, there was this point in time where there was a team that was trying to move like very fast and, you know, introduce a lot of changes. That was the platform uh, team at the time. They wanted to introduce changes that were, that were like cross-cutting across the whole organization. And there was a problem because the teams wanted to deliver something else, right? They had their own roadmaps, they had their own things. And there was lacking authority for us to actually do those changes as a platform team at the time because the culture was not there, right? And also, you know, 
even if you try to influence people, there is just so much that you can do. Like you can't really influence that much on their roadmaps and what they have to deliver and their own KPIs and so on and so forth. So this, this is when authority sometimes comes in handy when you can't actually stop product delivery to do something very important that has to be done. Um, or when you can negotiate as well. So you have like this two kind of sides to play around with. There's an interesting concept which comes from the SRE book, uh, which is error budget, right? So the error budget concept basically says like at Google specifically, that once you reach that threshold that was set, um, you know, by you, uh, eventually you're blocked from deploying. That's like in a very simplistic way. You cannot deploy anything anymore because the SRE team will block that until you actually fix your problems and then your SLOs are back to normal. So that's an interesting kind of, you know, authority by automation that is put into perspective, which I really like. It doesn't even necessarily but it's have very to dangerous. be authority by automation, right? It is just that um, the SRE team, maybe not always the uh, kind of an antipassion, but whatever, but like SREs have been given the authority to uh say no we are allowed to prevent you from deploying this to production because xyz the the tool that they use to do that is automation but the reason why people don't just circumvent this automation is because that authority is in place and the nice thing is that you know the sre team doesn't define your slos so you have to define them but if you don't you know stick with your SLOs, then you're going to be blocked just because you didn't really fulfill your SLOs. So that's an interesting uh, kind of thing where, you know, authority comes into place. Um, but it was defined by the own team. Now, when we talk about authority, I'm more of a fan of trying to influence people rather than tell people what to do. That's my kind of uh, thing. So I prefer to explain why we're doing something and, you know, try to show the benefits and then we move as our organization but that takes very very long time to actually do like a you know a cultural change or something like that um, imagine the consensus protocol right where you have an rfc and everybody has to approve that rfc who is the person that actually says let's move on we're spending too much time here or pr discussions that are taking forever i remember back in our days we had PR's discussions going on for days. Yeah, we had some that went up to 65, 70 comments, and it was just like, okay, we need yeah, to either exactly. close this or merge it and fix it later at some point. Yeah, or there was another yeah. example. I think we talked about this a lot in previous episodes, like when you're picking <coughs> technology A versus technology B, and they seem like pretty much equal so to one another. As well. And I think once we even mentioned that it's nice when someone could come in and say, you know, we're just going with A just to move on exactly just to move on right like you don't want to lose time in endless discussions like some at some point somebody has to make a, cho a choice and then just say folks we're going with this and that's it let's move on um otherwise we end up in this like 70 60 whatever amount of comments we have on a pr <clears throat> so that gets very complicated um it's very challenging um, so why why can't in you guys' experience why can't someone like a, you know a director or a CTO even can just come in and just solve that and why can't this person just do that all the time like what what's the actual problem what pre what prevents leaders from using authority 
because you take you take away from your teams their ownership or or basically their freedom yeah. let's say right so you're you're taking that away from them even though like it's for a greater good let's say in most of the cases but you're taking that away from them and once you, once they have this perception that somebody came in and made the decision and they had no opportunity to discuss even further you're creating potentially a problem in your teams so you have to be careful because then what's the point of them ever offering any solution right if right. you're just going to come down and you know pull uh, roll power on them then why would they be motivated to ever solve anything on their own yeah that's that's as well go on go, Sorry, on. go on yeah if it happens every time it's just people don't feel like mm. they are contributing anything they feel like they're just tools and right. no yeah. one likes to feel like that Absolutely. It's similar yeah. to when, when you look at it from so a that's why, point of view as well, yeah. uh, in terms of, um, you know, the team might say, oh, no, we we don't want to do, uh, like, stand-ups anymore or something like that, right? And you know that that's a mistake, but you can say, but, like, you can't say, no, we're doing stand-ups because then it feels like an enforced thing. They, they're not realizing that the benefit of this is, you know, to help them collaborate, Um so you have to kind of say, all right, you know what? We're not going to do stand-ups for two weeks. We'll come back at the retro and we'll see how you all feel about it then. And I think you're not going to like that, but at least you've had the opportunity to like see what it's like. You let them try. Yeah. yeah. You let them try. And this also works in other environments, not only like stand-ups or anything, but imagine code, right? Like I remember back in our days, we also say, you know what? Go try it. If it breaks, then we can act on it. Sometimes it's important that they fail to actually see why something is not good. Mm -hmm. uh, there is there is also, you have to put it into balance, of course, but in general, this is a good strategy. Works well. You let them and try. sometimes you find out and sometimes you find out that you are wrong. I mean, Absolutely. sometimes you are surprised. Absolutely. Which is also, it's important to create the space for that as well. Otherwise, it's a dictatorship. Yeah. And you're, lim you're limited by what the leader knows and is able to do. And you no longer benefit from all the brains of yeah. all the you, people. You may even be like stalling so, the whole yeah. thing from actually moving yeah. forward. It's like as good as you are, but you're just one person and you can't be better than the group of people. Just impossible, right? Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. general, you try to hire people smarter than you, right? So you, you totally to should. Them yeah. Trust on them in the end. Yeah. I mean, ideally. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> so I like to think of it also as a, an account. You know, um, it's, it's like you have this bank account, and whenever you give an order, you use your role power, you use your authority to. To, to, to have your way, you're withdrawing from this bank account. Like the balance is going, uh, it's getting lower or it can even get negative. Whereas when you trust people and you let them solve things and you let them have ownership, you're, you're adding to that bank account. And I mean, it's important to be mindful of where your balance is because sometimes I think you do need to use authority. I mean, we've all been there. Sometimes there are just mistakes being made and the situation is way too, uh, critical to allow that to happen. Sometimes you just have to stop it and be like, Hey, actually this one is on me. I'm taking responsibility for this because been here, done this. I know it's going to happen and we can't afford it right now, but you know, so bear with me. 
but you know later on we'll do we'll do it your way some some other time sometimes that just has to happen it creates a little bit of resentment i think or it can if the balance is not high enough so that's something that a leader has to take it's into account capital, so yeah. i think we've covered yeah it's political capital exactly um so i think we're covering why you you as a leader don't want to use your authority necessarily um which not everyone agrees with. We've all seen people that are very happy to pull rank and use their willpower. But I think the consensus in this group is that you shouldn't. I'm also interested in talking about times when you actually think you should use your authority. Um, for some reason, you can't. Uh, meaning, okay, let's say that you do, you do pull rank on someone. You believe you have the right reasons, but the person just doesn't listen. I mean, at the end of the day, we are all working in Germany. You can't like the, the, the end consequence of the use of authority here, at least can't be the other person gets fired. So what do you do if, you know, like what, what do we, what do you do if I say, Hey, I hear you. And even though I report to you, I'm just not going to go through with this. This is actually one of my least favorite concepts that I know we've all encountered, uh, which is the concept of disagree and commit, um, which is, you know, the idea that, okay, we both disagree on this. Uh, we, regardless of who has the authority, uh, we need to um, come to a consensus because, again, you know, a bit like Hitler was saying before, we need to move on. We need to make a decision. We need to... We need to stop kind of debating this and, and get something done um so even though we disagree let's let's chuck it up on the record that we disagree on this but we're going to go with and ultimately what it ends up being is we're going to go with my way because i'm your manager and i say so uh which i don't necessarily always agree with but you know as, as you're as you're saying it's like sometimes it's a necessity um i mean it also depends who disagrees right and what we commit to it could be yeah. that the manager yeah. also uh, like uses this strategy and disagrees and commits we just said like five minutes ago so sometimes you let them fail that's very similar to mm -hmm. <laughs> disagree and commit okay we're doing it your way but then i've told you so will happen eventually or maybe not yeah i, I found that in practice it works much more um that that's in true. terms of the manager saying like shut up we're doing it my way and that <laughs> that's always that's all we're doing <laughs> um in theory, that is true, and that's definitely, like, I, I think that, you know, that, again, it's this idea of political capital. There's, like, a balance to be to be made of, oh, you know, we're going to disagree and commit, but we're going to go your way this time, and then next time, if there's a disagreement, maybe we can go my way or something like that. I just, I don't see that happening in practice. I wish it did, but it, um, I don't think it I, I do see it, and it's, as Idola mentioned, uh, the... Um instead of just saying shut up we're doing it my way you can actually try to explain why and there is there is always a why right like even if, mm -hmm. even if sometimes this why is just like you want it to be done this way because whatever like be creative come up with a reason people people do understand yeah. after all we're all at least in ideal world are trying to pull the boat the same direction right hopefully and if we are not that's also a good conversation to have if you during this conversation, you realize that, oh, you're not pulling the same direction. Maybe one of you actually have to go, I don't know, to a different team or whatever, and it would be better for both. 
Uh, so, and I, and I yeah. do see this happening, yeah. like at Glue where I work now, that happens quite a lot. I'm not saying, wow, everyone is doing an amazing job at it, but yeah. I saw I saw I saw some cases as well, especially when doing like RFC reviews. Um, I saw many people that just didn't agree with the whole design, and then eventually somebody agreed and and said, you know what, let's agree to disagree, let's move on, and then we took one decision to go one way or another decision to go another way, and being manager or not, right? So that that happens uh, both ways, I believe. Um, the problem is like. If that decision is, let's say, too big, company-wide kind of decision, or, or at least department-wide, um, that is the point in time where I think managers have to be like more, you know, to the point and actually, because they are going to be accountable for this, right? So if you disagree with something and you are accountable for it, I'm not very sure if I'm able to just disagree with the whole solution and just let it move on um, because the accountability will fall into the manager's path anyways at some point that's very risky that's it very, be risky. very risky and i think yeah. that's one of the i think that's a big reason why managers are reluctant to you know just uh, accept experiments um, because sometimes things are important in ways that doesn't necessarily come through to everyone. And you could argue that it's the manager's job to make their reasons for things clear so that everyone understands what's at stake. But sometimes, especially in startups, there's so much at stake at all times that it can be difficult to create absolute clarity on every single thing that's on the table. And at, at that point, that, that's where you have asymmetrical information. That's when you have, you know, incomplete information. And that's where you really get into this uh, topic of trust. Yeah. Because at some point, at some point, yeah, the information is just not all there for everybody at all times. And so you have to either trust or not trust people. So as a manager, for me, uh, if, if I know how important something is, and maybe, maybe that importance isn't really coming through because not everyone has the same context maybe we're moving too fast to create that context for everybody and someone has a completely wrong idea well first obviously i have to try and clear things up but it's it's it does happen that sometimes people get kind of too stuck uh too uh locked into their idea of what the problem is especially on the technical side and it just takes way too much time to get them out of that um, sort of rabbit hole. And so just organically arriving at a better solution that comes from your reports, sometimes it's just not something that um, can happen in, in useful time. And, and, and that's, when, that's when having the trust of your people uh, and just saying, hey, great suggestions all around, but, you know, given given where we are and where we have to go it's my responsibility it's my accountability we're going to do it you know this way and i appreciate everyone's you know input on this uh i, th I think that's where these situations happen and then on the other side it's not so great right because you're like okay you contributed to something you participated in an rfc you offered solutions you believed your solutions were good and you might as a as a you know as a, as a person who's lower down on the art in the hierarchy and you're left with a, maybe a bitter taste after this because despite all your hard work, your boss just went, yeah, thanks, but no thanks, we'll do it my way. 
So that's obviously not not super great, but sometimes that's just the way that it has to I be. I think the, the no, distinction yeah, you know, between responsibility and accountability. Um, maybe you didn't 100 yeah. make that there, but like, while the team may be responsible to make such and such a change or implement such and such a service or whatever the, the disagreement is about, at the end of the day, you as the manager are accountable for that. And I think um, what the team might not be seeing is the political forces that might be at play there, because unfortunately, politics does kind of come into some of these decisions where the manager, you know, really needs thing, really needs a win right now politically with with his peers or with his own managers or her own managers, um, because uh, you know maybe something hasn't gone wrong re- has gone wrong recently, hasn't necessarily gone their way recently, and so they really just need things to be done in as like quick and sensible and and uh, pragmatic a fashion as possible. So despite the fact that they might see that another solution is more scalable or more elegant or something, they're going to say, no, like, I know, I understand that your solution is better, but for reasons that I cannot share right now, you know, the, the, the CPO has it out for me right now, completely hypothetically speaking, and uh, I need a win here. And That is an interesting yeah. thing because... That is where I think transparent companies or let's say transparent to a certain point win. Because if you can explain to your team why you as a manager is taking you're taking this kind of decision, you know, either to mitigate risks or because you need a win right now, but maybe later you can work on something else uh, to improve whatever you're 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 doing, your team is gonna trust you much more than you saying for reasons that I cannot disclose right now. And I do understand there are companies where you cannot disclose that. Yeah, there are companies of many different types out there. Uh, but the ones that are more transparent as a value uh, and, and, and that is shared across the whole organization, that is really good. Because then you can mitigate this kind of problems within your team, this cultural problem that will be generated. At, you know, either we want it or not. Yeah, I was about to say yeah. that, like, for me personally, hearing for the reasons I cannot disclose that evades my trust immediately. This is this is so so bad for yeah. me. Like, g- give me something because this sounds like I just don't want to tell you, or I don't trust you, or or there is no reason. I'm just I don't know. Playing yeah. with playing because with you. you can this also this, use this that, is that or excuse, right? it's like how do I know that my peers are told the same thing? Sometimes I don't. Like th- th- this is this is bad. And and even even in these yeah, cases, yeah. as you just said, that there are companies and setups where this is like not even normal. This is a requirement. I think those are a little bit exceptional. And if you work in such environment, you usually are aware that this could be the case. Like mm. not everything might yeah. be available. Uh, it like or told you to you and everything. Uh, but normally the companies we're talking about, like most of, let's say, industries we work in, um, maybe not most, but a lot, uh, that's not the case. And if someone is not telling you something, it's usually like, yeah, it's something internal, but anyway, like make up a story for me. Don't give me this. I cannot tell you everything. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It's very bad. Yeah. It's, it, regardless of, yeah, yeah. R- regardless of transparency, decisions can be really complicated and they can involve just a lot of things. I mean, a product initiative can be the result of literally years of 
customer interactions and, and, and market research that you, even if you are not trying to hide it, even if you're trying to be really transparent, you might just not be able to properly convey all of the nuance that went into deciding for initiative A versus initiative B. So I, I, I think it's a valid point that in transparent companies, maybe that's a little bit better. But even then, there's only so much bandwidth that you have, right? And so things are not always absolutely clear for everyone at all times. I mean, part of our job as managers is to make the clarity as big as possible. Um, but I that's would not still always, argue not always the possible. spectrum is very wide, right? Like we, we're talking about on one hand, not saying anything. And on the other hand, we're saying making it absolutely clear everything make it yeah. make it gray yeah doesn't have to be absolutely white mm -hmm. like make it clearer not absolutely clear would it would already be better you see this as well this gray area right like especially with your example pedro um where you know sometimes you don't want to say why we're taking this route on the product let's say because years of development years of studies years of market competition analysis and so on decided that this is a good choice. And then maybe, you know, a team of developers say, hey, I don't think that's a good idea. That is not up for a change anymore, right? Like we decided that we're doing this. Now what is up for a change is everything that comes after this or everything is going to be implemented then yes. Um, and, and up for a challenge, right? But for sure, there are levels of disclosure that you can give. There are le levels of things that you want to share with people and things that you might want to omit and might be self-service. So they, it's their job to go there and just read. Um, so, yeah. But, I mean, most companies at least explain, right? Like why such things are yeah, this and also, way. It might even be something that Which you helps. disagree with as well as, uh, assume it, as the manager, Could right? Be. So um, one good example would be uh, something like call to cancel, which is something that is kind of politically loaded where... Uh, you can activate a subscription online, but then they make you phone up to cancel it. And in certain countries and certain jurisdictions, this is perfectly fine and perfectly legal. And of course, if you then start looking at your CLV and, and retention numbers and things like that, just on a pure metrics level, that makes sense. But it makes your skin crawl a little bit, right? So... It does. You know, maybe as, you know, as the, the team lead or the CTO or something, you're told, look, I don't care. We're implementing this. And you kind of have to go along with it as much as anyone else. But then that's a perfectly valid uh, yeah. explanation to the rest of the team, right? If you're telling me, hey, this is like, you're not saying that I can't tell you anything. You're telling me this is our constraint. Operate within. Done. Like, I, I still trust you. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, exactly. not, not everyone yeah. thinks the same way, at but the, anyway. At the same time, it's much better than, than looking at you going, you're the CTO. Why are we doing this? You tell them no, right? So, like, the, this is where authority it, it, becomes very, but, very complicated. Uh, it, yeah. it, it depends. Levels. It depends. Yeah, but, on that's but again, the we issue. mentioned the case when there was some <laughs> research or some prolonged political debate or whatever. And then, if at the end of that debate, the CTO comes with a very tired look on their face and tells me, hey, you know what? I've tried. Here's what we got. Deal with it. It's all fine. Or even okay. If you do that, if you do that, you are getting an angry call from your boss the next morning, and uh, you you will have deserved it, because that's a problem. If you come to your team looking defeated and being like, I, did, I didn't say okay, defeated. Guys, we're doing something that <laughs> I, I disagree tired. with. <laughs> yeah, I know. Tired. 
I'm, I'm, I'm amplifying. I'm amplifying okay. your signal here. I'm exaggerating. You turn up with your white but flag. If you, if you, <laughs> or yeah. with the machine gun. That's also bad. <laughs> or, or both. That, if you that, really. That's are. also bad. <laughs> Playing the political game. Yeah, but but. Yeah, but right. But there, there, that is also there it bad. is. Yeah, you I are mean, now. Yeah. You are now. Uh, you have split allegiances now. Because now you're you're not welcome to politics. <laughs> which at which oh, yes, I know, I know. But, but that at which point, is what why you are you doing pass this to your team, right? Like that that kind yes. of sensation. Like right. even if you don't agree with whatever product decision that was made at some point, uh, because yeah. the majority decided, hey, let's go with no cancellation button, so you cannot go through a cancellation flow and subscription. Fine, and, and, that, and that's where transparency can break down a little bit it because can. you know yeah. you you ha you have to be mindful that your emotions and how you're coming across is part of the information package. I think Maxim, actually, the way that you phrased that initially was really good. If you leave everything else out of your communication and you just say, "Hey, these are the constraints. These are the constraints for this project," and you know that's that's just the way it is. I think that's a preferable approach than to say, "Hey, I hate this, but we're going to yeah. do it anyway." I guess it also depends on Let's like try. what what on your relationship with the team and who specifically are you talking yeah. to. There are always people you can like go have coffee with this one person and honestly tell them what happened, and it works for the benefit of everyone. And you could, there, you there could. are eventually there's there's yeah yeah, but out, I mean, but you could. things like that do happen, right? Like the, there is, sure. a, there are different Absolutely, levels of yeah. relationships. Sometimes there, there is the team that is behind you. They just want to know everything, and it works. With other teams, you know that you like absolutely don't have to share. It. Like, like you shouldn't share anything like that with them because this will be a disaster. I guess, yeah, mm -hmm. you should also be aware of that. Like, hey, what what do I say, and how do I say yeah, this? Yeah. Makes sense. Oh and boy, Pedro is back. Pedro is oh back. <laughs> there we go. Oh boy, yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think like we've we've covered the fact that it's like a politically, it can be a politically charged thing. Um, I think uh, that's also. I mean, the the book that I was reading was talking a lot about how these things are politically charged. So, um, I could read the quote, but it's kind of long. So I'll uh, just. Just go do what I did and read like twenty eight percent of the book and then give up and that's <laughs> there's a there is also a good book that talks about authority and, and empowerment. Well the name of the book is Empowered, anyways. Mm. Um it's really good. I, I, I just forgot who wrote it, but um I can find out. But it's, oh, it's really, Marty really Kagan. Good book. I think I may even yeah, have read I think this. So. It's a really good book. Like it has I've definitely read some books know, by him. I don't know if this is this one. Right. Um, it's a great book because it talks about this a little bit more in detail with some, some real examples as we were given here. And um, it's interesting because it gives you like this different perspective of when you should use authority or when you should avoid using authority, which is what we just tried to explain here. Um, I do recommend if you can read more than 28% of this book, uh, great. <laughs> Go for so it. Not Kieran. Not I think Kieran. another. Kieran will stop at twenty. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking now, and it's his uh, the other book in this kind of series of two by him, which is inspired, 
which is much more product inspired and empowered. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that's the one that I've, that's another book that I've read 28% of and then given up. My Kindle is an absolute bloody graveyard. <laughs> I'll tell you right now. So we've, we've talked about, uh, why, why you can't or shouldn't use authority all the time. Um, just personal anecdote. When I was at HelloFresh and I was promoted to head of engineering, I actually struggled a lot with, um, with, with the topic of authority. It was pretty straightforward with my teams. Uh, it was, I, I had, you know, high bandwidth communication with everyone and we all understood each other and things were, you know, the problems that we were solving were hard, but our communication was, was good and I didn't have any authority issues. But I did have issues when, you know, because I was at platform, you know, this was obviously before you, you took over it all. And, um, I had to coordinate with other people, especially, um, you know, individual contributors in other departments. Uh, we had, you know, our architecture didn't exactly have the best bounded contexts. And sometimes we had shared services, shared databases. We had a lot of shared databases. And I remember an example where, there was a database, um, and its schema was being optimized for, you know, the local use. So the, the use of the person who was, who was, um, you know, you, uh, developing the service that was mainly consuming the database. But because of our, you know, amazing architecture at the time, that database was shared with other applications and those applications, well, that schema was not so optimal for them. And we know how it is. Uh, the same schema can be the different, well, two different schemas can be the difference between just one query and a thousand queries. Um, in terms of, in terms of how you, you could, you can optimize for this. And, and I could not agree with the developer on, on what to do. And it was, it was just impossible. I mean, that was to me one of the like learning moments in my career. Uh, that, 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 that entire situation with that developer, we, we ended up, we ended up agreeing on a solution that, you know, worked for both parties, but it took, it took a while and it was a big test of my, of my, of my skills at the time. And I remember wishing that I could just give this guy an order. I, I wished that I could just say, Hey, we're going to do this way. And that's final. But why? I was so frustrated. Let, let me ask you something. Like, why didn't you have that authority then, at that point? Well, I outranked him, but he didn't report to me. Ah, so it's a reporting and, issue. Yeah, um, exactly. So I didn't. I didn't exactly have complete authority uh, over over him. I mean, I had responsibility over the over the. Um, infrastructure over our databases and you know in that way that was very much you know within my my purview but he didn't report to me and he didn't agree with what me being responsible for databases meant so there was also like a philosophical disagreement about the meaning of this authority and the division of responsibilities which was until well after you left that company so yeah yeah yeah, which I mean, no, this is this is no no um, this is not a criticism of the company. I mean, this is very normal at that yes. stage. We had so much going on, and we were we were building the plane as we were going down the cliff, right? Um, so this is totally normal. But it was it was something that influenced my decision to you know go to Contentful and be a solution architect and work with multiple teams that had absolutely no. Um, 
no reporting lines into me whatsoever. Teams that did not owe me any um, any deference, nothing. So I saw that as an opportunity to lean more into the influence and persuasion skills uh, and, and force me to analyze things and just be objective as much as possible and allow and also learn to allow others to make their own decisions without me fretting too much over whether they were doing the right or wrong decisions and um that was a you know that, that was a step away from pure engineering leadership for me i did that job for two and a half years before coming back to uh, engineering leadership but it was you know coming into a, coming into a company meeting a team for the first time and having to produce useful input within a day uh, was was a shock and was something that um, I certainly didn't know how to do before before I, I, I joined Contentful. Um, it's, it's an interesting yeah. example because, um, you know, I had similar experiences like you did at HelloFresh when I was there um, with the authority problem. But then when I move on to N26, I saw the other way around like authority was just too much and and i'm not saying this is a bad thing for the company as well like they had their own reasons it's a fintech company deals with money it's very critical um but it's interesting because I, i i i had the opportunity to see the both ends right like where authority was a problem when outside of your own context and also over there where authority authority was not a problem even when outside of your own context. One example was something database related, but they had their own database team, which whatever database changes you do on your service has to be approved by that team for compliance reasons, which also prevented bad design most of the times because you had other kind of people. You had a custodian of, of your that design. database, yeah. Pretty much, yeah. But then they had the authority to basically say, nope, that schema is not passing. We're changing this. This is not a good design because of X, Y, Z. And because this will affect whatever other teams. So it was interesting to see those two different, you know, approaches to the problem. And I can't say which one is better because they were in different contexts, right? So um, obviously, if you're trying to move very fast, trying to centralize that becomes very problematic. But if you're trying to move compliant, then not having that at all brings other other kind of problems. So it's interesting, interesting uh, things to see out there. The compliance aspect of it is certainly something that I don't have much experience with. I mean, yet watch this space. Um, something yeah. I've got to learn. I pretty think quickly. you'll learn. You'll learn. Yeah, but uh, yeah, like it's um, you know, I, I think from from uh, to share another anecdote. There was one time in particular when one of my engineers needed something from another uh, team tribe completely. Uh, and she was down there just kind of on her knees going, please, we need you. We need you to do this because it's going to screw with our roadmap if you don't. And uh, I get a Slack message like, please come here and help. And the minute that my face comes around the corner, you know, they're all like, oh, yeah, no, we can help you. Like, that's fine. Like we, you know, um, I, yeah, that, that was like that was like a nasty. I mean, it, on, on the one hand, it was nice that like we were able to get this resolved, just because I kind of wandered around the corner and everyone was like, "Oh God, here's the boss!" Like, yeah, we'll give you whatever you want. Just please go away. Um, on the other hand, you know that's also not necessarily healthy and sustainable when 
um, they may have had legitimate reasons, legit, legitimate business reasons, as we've talked about in the past, for um, saying no or saying, I don't know what, I don't even know what, the, don't remember now what the discussion was, but it was, you know, this kind of, perhaps it wasn't a no, maybe it was like a, a yes, we can do that, but it's not going to be for a while or but we have something we have to do first or whereas like the conversation as soon as i turned up was like oh yeah like you know please here would you would you like my lunch as well like here you go and uh that's also not necessarily a healthy i i don't even feel like i was abusing authority i just turned up right but it's it's not healthy for sure yeah so sometimes it's like people people before you have abused all the authority that there was and then you come and they're like oh the big guy comes in that thing's gonna happen again let's just say yes Mm-hmm. This is where setting a precedent is uh, is dangerous or can be dangerous. Yeah, there can be a situation where you um, you find yourself having way too much authority because anything you say goes just because of your title, and that is yeah, not actually, healthy. Uh, another example: it, it, if that starts happening, sorry, if that starts happening mysteriously a few months after you joined, maybe you're the problem because maybe you introduced this. But if that's been there since you joined. There might be an organizational and cultural issue at play that um, it might be a good idea to suss out because, again, you don't want to be the one who's making all the decisions because you're fallible and you want to leverage everyone in your team. To, one is to toxic continue. for your own learning Sorry, and uh, Max. career growth and whatever as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I just remembered of another example. I think we, we might have mentioned this already, uh, how uh, sometimes people just take whatever you say quite literally like the other spectrum of having too much authority. And I remember this person sitting next to me and we're trying to work out some very convoluted, quite like ridiculous, I would say, solution to some problem. I don't even remember what it was about exactly. And then in the middle of it, I just asked like, hold on a second, why are we even doing this? Like, I mean, you, you've told me when you came here, why, but like, what's the bigger why? And it was like, Oh, because that guy said so. And I was like, have you even like tried to like, you know, ask questions as to like why or whatever, or did he say do it this specific way or whatever? And he was like, no, 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 I'm just the guy who does things. I don't ask questions. No, he just turned up and he took my lunch and told me to do my work. Pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, okay, let's do this. Here's some questions. Go ask the guy. And if conversation happens, amazing. If it doesn't, let's figure something out. But yeah, uh, that's what too much authority brings to you then. People who just take your orders literally. I mean, yeah, but culture is definitely is there for sure. When, but but then uh, your dreams come true, guys. You say, do this and things happen magically. But here's how it's, here's how it's a bad thing as well. Sometimes, yeah, exactly. Most of the times that, that is bad. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that makes me nervous. Yeah. If I say something and it happens immediately once, that's great. If it happens all the time, it's like, where's my feedback? Yeah. How do yeah, I know? I like to work with feedback. How do I know I like that I'm right? With, yeah. You know, I like to contribute and talk to people as I kind of think about yeah. solutions. Well, with also, them. where are my I people? Like I hired this. a bunch of like amazing pens and brains, right? Like, Uh, are they here or is it just like me saying things and happening yeah and then they get tired as a yes man i didn't hire all the yes men no yep (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
So actually, um, that's that's interesting because from from that point of view, you know, we're saying, oh, you're looking for uh, constructive feedback and criticism and, and to be challenged, right? So uh, from the other aspect of that, um, f- as somebody who's not a manager, if you're disagreeing with the decisions that are being come in, what's a good way of uh, showing that you you disagree with that respectfully and being able to to challenge that and hopefully uh, hopefully spark a, an interesting debate. Um, from my point of view, you know, I definitely want to be challenged with with data and I want to be challenged. Some people just go immediately to like argument, like flight or fight defense mode, and I think we can all agree that that's not productive at all. But certainly, like with with data and with finding. Um, I mean, you can find me all the medium posts in the world and I won't read them because medium posts are a dime a dozen at this point. But like certainly, you know, being able to find me articles and data and and, and uh, case studies and things that have proved that this is a bad idea, um, that will sway me. Is there anything else that is going to sway you as to why something may or may not be a good or bad decision? I'm glad that you mentioned... mentioned oh. I mean, it, it comes down... Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you mentioned data. Uh, because I have seen so many cases when uh, you are trying to disagree with something and people go like, show me the data. And uh, sometimes you can, or quite often you can fight back and say, okay, how about you show me the data too? Like, are we just both arguing from our own perspectives without looking at data? Like, I don't have to prove but my, that my solution is better or like we both need to prove this. And if we're just arguing about nothing, maybe it doesn't even matter. Like if we haven't both haven't looked at the data and there is no data, maybe it really doesn't matter what we're arguing about. So it's a good thing, I think, to bring this up so both sides would know whether it's even worth discussing or not the matter. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think another powerful tool is time boxing as well. That's something that I always like to see is if someone says, look, you know, give me two hours and I will go and like make a toy rubbish solution that kind of explains what I'm doing in a slightly better way than I can explain on an RFC or just by kind of drawing on a whiteboard or something. Um, it's just a really POC, powerful. right? Yeah, uh, as long as it's time boxed, as long as, you're not, as, long as you're not spending like yeah. an entire week or an entire sprint or something doing it. But, of yeah. course, Uh-oh. yeah. Yeah, we used to do this. Yeah. We used to do this uh, as a spikes, right? So, and then then we had a spike time box for a few hours or days sometimes, and eventually we would get gather data about the experiment and then show it. And sometimes we realize, oh, actually that's not a good design, or that's not a good solution. Let's move on. Yeah. Also, another thing that is helpful, uh, I believe, is when you have a hunch that something is a bad idea, but you have nothing to like show that it is don't hesitate to say you know what i need time it's like a mixture of what you kieran and Intel just talked about uh you you don't know what needs to be time boxed but you can always say you know what right here in this meeting i cannot tell you why this is a bad idea but i have a feeling that it might be so let me go do something or maybe let's say i am this person who is very bad at thinking while talking to people i need to go sit in my corner do stuff, think about it, read some whatever, look at data, then I can come up with a little write-up and I'll go come back to you and be like, hey, you know what? Now I'm fully weaponized. Here's why. Uh, So if you're that kind of person, don't hesitate to say this so people would understand because sometimes you sit there keeping silence and people just think that, yeah, you, you have nothing to say.
I mean, I think everybody is that person to a degree, right? How many times have you walked away from a conversation and like then an hour later, the perfect response has just come to you in your head and you're like, God damn it, if uh, only it said that. I, 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 also, I also know so people smart. who are so amazing at the opposite. Like I know people who can like argue like with, uh, whatchamacallit. Very convincingly. With convincingly, eloquently with yeah. data right there uh, for various reasons, maybe because they've been in the subject for a while or they it's their day to day so they have all the data at their fingertips and you're like oh i don't have it so various reasons but anyway people are different and it is helpful to let others know that there is differences between you and then if they agree to with these differences you can then go do it your way come back and have another conversation I thought you were going down a different yeah, route with that yeah, one, actually. Just, I thought you were going to say there are people who can argue very <laughs> convincingly and eloquently, and then you walk away from that conversation, and 30 minutes later, you're like, wait a minute, that argument didn't make any sense. There was no data this person didn't oh, have to stand that's, on. That's, that's <laughs> but very they're very one. charismatic. Very yeah, that, that, that happens it a lot. does. I, yeah. I mean, uh, going back to politics, these are the people who usually like go forward with so many solutions. Yeah. So for me, I think one important thing is I, I need my team or teams to feel like they can challenge the stuff that I say. And I think that's the hardest part because, again, it comes, it comes down to the authority thing and maybe not everyone is comfortable challenging their boss, which is completely understandable. I mean... Power dynamics are, are a thing that we haven't even gotten into in this episode, but they they shouldn't be underestimated because it's also like it's all fine for me to say, hey, I'm the boss, but, you know, challenge me. I want feedback. I want to learn. But the reality is not everyone is in a position where they feel safe to challenge you again as a boss it's 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 part of your job to to create that psychological safety but for whatever reason you know it, it might not always be there so i think it's important like when whenever someone even begins to hint at a um at a, at a, at a disagreement or they need more clarification and they do bring that up i like to make sure that i make as much space as possible for that person to express themselves even if even if i already know that the argument might be, you know, easily falsifiable, or maybe they're bringing up an edge case that I already considered, or you know, even if I feel confident that the point doesn't really stand, um, I like to make the space and I like to, you know, allow the person to, 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 to make it, and 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 I engage with it respectfully by, you know, even if it's an obvious thing for me, it's not obvious for everyone, so I I, I talk about it from first principles. And that's that's the way that I try to create, you know, a safe space for disagreements. Um, and but but other than that, you know, if someone if someone if the space is there and someone disagrees based on their experience or based on a solid grasp of first principles, I'm always going to listen to that because maybe they know more than I do. Maybe they've been there. Maybe they know something that I don't. And so those things are, are things that I, I always like to take into consideration. I wish Varner was here because he and I disagree you know often and, <laughs> and we i have, but like but for good <laughs> and reasons. everyone else <laughs> yes i love it yeah. but yeah <laughs> yeah but in a great way but in a constructive way like hey, mo 
let me, let me explain what I mean. Not like, I think your solution is crap, but more like, have you thought of this? You know, have you thought of that? Have you considered that case? You know, uh, are, are your assumptions correct? Can you tell me more about, you know, why you want this to be this way? Can you tell me more about why you even need this to be done at all? And those are all great ways to, you know, dissent and disagree and basically try to get more clarity. And that should be respected and engaged with. Um, and that's what that's what we do. That's yeah, why these are also in. all the questions I have uh, to admit. Yeah. I go to my peers and superiors and whoever for. Like whenever there is something that I came up with, these are exactly the questions I want them to ask me because I know I missed a lot of things. Well, we've yeah. gone for like almost an hour um, and I've not even mentioned my uh, swanky new keyboard yet. So I guess we'll do that. Uh, we'll, do that we'll do that another time. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it's probably about time to wrap it up. I, I think... Um, what we've definitely established that this is the, this is a complex and nuanced topic, uh, and definitely worthy of the badge of very easy problems. Um, but I hope that there was some uh, good and actionable advice in there for people. Uh, we have been the Critical Channel. This is the first episode of 2022. We have a lot planned for the first few uh, episodes of 2022, at least anyway. So I'm, I'm kind of excited about where we're going with it. Uh, and you can keep up with all of that stuff on our Twitter uh, account, which is... Criticalio. There it is. Um, and also, like, if, if, you, you know, if you have suggestions for episode topics and things that you'd like us to cover, then send us there. I can almost guarantee that we'll never get around to it, but send them anyway. Also, go on whatever platform you listen to this on and leave feedback. Send a review, like, review, whatever, subscribe, subscribe hit the stupid bell, bell whatever. Do all this like synth trans music right now and put like an animated intro on the screen, and that's how it rolls. Yeah, no, it it really, it really, yep. it really does help. Share with your friends. At this point, there's at this point there's an episode for everything. The, yeah, it doesn't that matter whatever problem you have. If it's easy, we yeah, got an answer. Share just share. <laughs> Just like the guy next to you, you're still on the S-Bahn right now. You're listening to this. Just, I say S-Bahn. I'm assuming it's Germany at this point. But you're still on the train. You're listening to this podcast. There's some guy next to you. They've not heard of it. Tell them. Tell them and watch them walk, watch them walk slowly. Also, it's Berlin. So the guy next to you is a programmer for sure. Programmer or homeless or both. So, you know, that's, that's basically <laughs> the, the full social gamut of Berlin, I think. Awesome. Very so this has been the Critical Channel. You can find us on Twitter. You can find us anywhere on the internet. You can find us at uh, criticalchannel.io slash 16. And you will also find us next time where we'll be talking about something else that I don't remember what it's supposed to be, but it's going to be fantastic and you'd be a dummy to miss it. Goodbye. See ya. Bye. <laughs>